Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Hags Hangout Podcast. I am Kyle underscore Hags, hanging out here with you guys on another fine Wednesday evening when we're recording. And I got my boys with me again. John, say hi. Hey, guys. How are we? Timmy, say hey. Hey. Clark, say what it do. What it do, boys. Guys, another fun fact, action, exciting, filled, and screwing over fantasy teams week that we've had. Anybody affected by uh, ETN going down this week? I know I was. No, I was. <laughs> what it do you do as a fantasy owner when something like this happens? When you draft a guy, maybe not too far out of the season starts, but you do have a fantasy draft where it's not the regular season the next couple days, and you kind of just sit and hope that your fantasy players don't go down. Or what do you do when they do go down? Anybody got any info on that? Uh, Fun God. You 100%... Uh, sit on waiver wire and pick the backup <laughs> and hope that you have the number one <laughs> and, hope, and hope that you have waiver priority <laughs> or or by that the case way. you got to draft james robinson instead <laughs> yeah just just be, make sure you have the backup plan already is set in yeah. stone because listen it happens right like there's players that are injury prone that we that we plan on that happening too and then there's players that we don't actually expect that happening to like a, a just drafted rookie that goes Probably in the first or second rounds at this point in these drafts, where we see a lot of running backs going very heavily in the first two rounds. Yeah, you don't yeah. see that come very often. You just you got to uh, pivot. That's the whole thing of fantasy is pivot. You know, your whole team is not going to be helping yeah. yeah. Well, I'm one of those guys that has to pivot. So, well, I I think another thing is um, if you're pray to God your league has an IR spot. <laughs> yeah, true. I do have one of those, and I guess you have the chance for him to come back. But it's a Liz Frank injury, and I've seen somebody with a Liz Frank injury, so I know that it, it's not a um, it's not a very plausible thing for them to come back from right away. Um, not a twelve week time frame. Yeah, I saw a twelve week time frame, which I think was the most optimistic. Which he's a rookie, so he's he's the youngest he's going to be in the NFL, and. It was the first time he's ever had anything happen to his foot. And I think if they get him to whatever surgeon uh, fixed Carson Wentz, uh, because he was supposed to be out for four months and he came back in four weeks. So, like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, was a five, it was a five to 12 week uh, period on that injury. So, yeah. whoever came up with that is not, like, oh, not, no. not the arch of his foot <laughs> collapsing. Yeah, so, so, I was like, yeah, I, 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 like, whoever, so, like, I think. I think we'll see him come. I think we'll see him come back this season, unless the Jaguars go. No, it's smarter for him to be our future, so we're not going to rush him back. So, so to that, I was gonna say that because he's a rookie, because of the Jags, there's no need to rush him back. Yeah. But I, I'm a little concerned just based on the fact that they already ruled him out for the season. Like, yeah. if they would have said there's, like, a 12 to 15-week time frame, he can come back. No, they've already said he is out for the year. Yeah, I, th- I think it's exactly like you said, is they're just not oh. going to rush him back, and they're just going to they're gonna be like, you know what, we're just going to keep you uh, sidelined for the year and let you get completely healthy. Well, we can agree, right? That's a smart thing for them to do. Yeah. yeah because they got a young team. There's a lot of yeah. question marks if they're going to be overly competitive. I think they've got a ton of building blocks. I don't think they're there yet, and they want to make sure he's healthy for when they are there. Yeah, I, th- maybe, I think that's... Maybe they just wait all together now and don't even start... Um, they don't even start Trevor Lawrence. They just they just start Minshew again, and they're just like, you know, have a fun like you did last season, whatever. 
crazy <laughs> how people are still up in the air on who's starting week one. Is is it Minshew or is it they, Lawrence? They announced it. They did announce it. Okay, because yeah. I, I, I did not see that. But I, I going off of at least yesterday, it was still You're also in sleep air. in the morning. You're good. <laughs> I, <laughs> sometimes stuff happens while we're awake, and sometimes stuff happens while you're awake. More times it happens while we're awake. <laughs> But that yeah. that joke with that, that that idea with Trevor and like oh like starting big shoes so like Trevor doesn't die. It's the same mentality with uh with in Chicago with Fields and Dalton. Like they uh, Matt Nagy's like oh we need to see Andy Dalton in the regular season. They just don't want to feed him. They just don't want to feed uh feed Justin Fields to the Rams week one. Like that's literally all it is. Like Andy Dalton's gonna go out there get absolutely destroyed, and then he's, they're gonna be like oh well I think Fields is our better option week two. Yeah, speaking of which um. Did you guys see that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter? I'm actually pretty excited about that, but I've also always been a Teddy Bridgewater fan, so I feel like yeah, I I've always loved Bridgewater as well. It sucked that he went down with that fucking horrible injury, and I'm glad I'm so glad he was able to come back and and play in the NFL again. Yeah, well, that kind of also gives you hope for someone like Etienne going down with a Liz Frank, like being that he can rehab and come back. Like you hope that. You, Alex you Smith more like can that. come back from almost dying from his injury. I I I think Etienne's going to be going to be fine in his career. Yeah. Um, and hey. then I think besides that, another big injury was that the Jets lost um, their defensive tackle um, as well. Oh, but, I mean, yeah. I missed that one. Yeah, I, I also. How about the big? One. About the big Sony Michelle trade from the, the Patriots to the Rams. Well, yeah, the Rams needed backup, and they I know that the Patriots that. have seven running backs on their squad at all times, yeah. so I guess it's not that big a deal for them to toss one away, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a testament to Stevenson playing well in the uh, preseason and solidifying himself in the backup role. And then, like you said, I don't think the Rams believe in uh, uh, Henderson as, like, a three-down back. I mean, you had rookies like Funk and uh, Jones behind him, but I don't think they believe in uh, Daryl Henderson, like, overall as a three-down back. So I could even see Sony going in there, getting goal line touches, and even working in the passing game because he was a really good pass catcher coming out of college. Right. Like that, just, I think, that, just, that just adds another layer to that offense. Like I think Stevenson takes over at some point this season as number one back in New England. He was, looks phenomenal. That kid's so going to be really, so really is good. Damian, so is Damian Harris, though. Yeah, he's really good. Yeah. Too. I, I think know, it, I think I, they just rotate three backs again. Guys, yeah, I, I think they just rotate three backs because yeah. that that's Bill Belichick's system. Is he has three guys that he can always plug and play Sometimes wherever four. he is on the field. He's got four, and he doesn't yeah, rely on one dude. What, the the fourth guy is going to get cut. He always runs three. I he doesn't run four. Um, JJ Taylor, Taylor is the fourth on the depth chart, and JJ Taylor is uh, really good with special teams. So according yeah. to them right now, they're so, Yeah, so he's probably he's probably going to be the special teams guy. But it's uh, like going back like years ago when they had Darren Sproles. It was Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis. It was Darren Sproles, and it was um, uh, who was the other guy? It was it was they did a three three back committee, and no when guy got more Darren touches Sproles than the other. Darren Sproles was the Patriots. Not Darren Sproles. Um, fucking what's his name? Um. I always say Darren Sproles. It's, it's Lawrence Maroney. Lawrence Maroney. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's Dino, the name. Dino Yeah. Dino Spumoni. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um... Great boots. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, your um, face and wow. I just thought it would be. I just thought you guys, since being fantasy players and especially with each other, since we do so many leagues together all the time, that like 
it's just it's just how appropriate that something like this happens. Of course, um, because actually, it's only two weeks out. Uh, I'm just gonna jump in real fast. Um, so I wasn't here last week, so I uh, I'm I'm just gonna say right now that my first overall pick in uh, for uh, fantasy, uh, Timmy Tabeau. Rip his career. Uh, I was really hoping he would uh, he would uh, be able to succeed. Um, who I who wanted him to receive? Like, are you evangelical? What are you? Who wanted him to actually re- succeed? You just wanted it to be like, see, I told you, he caught more than one touchdown pass. Rip <laughs> <laughs> his career, career has been on ESPN. There's a reason weeks. it was a hot take. Oh yeah, it was Luke. It was hot. a cold take yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> he could, I mean, he could go back and start in left field for the Mets right now. Then he's oh pop. man, I think oh. I think any any batting average over 150 will do them justice. So yeah, it's a good idea actually. All right. So he's all right, so he's not starting. Got it. <laughs> so he's <not laughs> uh, good transition, by the way. Uh, to all Yankees, 11 game winning streak, first time since 1985. How about that? And a uh, uh, 10 game series. Streak. How about them Yankees? Yeah, ten ten game series, ten series streak, ten winning series in a row yeah. streak, and it showed the lineup for them <laughs> for their nineteen eighty five lineup the last time that they won this many in a row, and I was like, how the hell would that team ever win it? I gotta find it while you guys talk about this. But go uh, ahead. And talk I'm going about to how... assume Don Mattingly was there. Go ahead and talk about. Uh, well, yes, but that's not even like <laughs> that's that's Reggie Jackson. Those are the no, only two no. I, I know that played for the Yankees like, in the eighties. Ken Griffey Senior was on this team. Like, I'll, oh I'll my read, god, I'll, that's I'll, right. I'll, I'll read the team off to you guys, but talk about a little bit about how um, net, what the playoff picture looks like now that the Yankees are only two games out of first, and then talk about how far the Mets have fallen in the same time span. I'm going to look up this this roster for you. Bro, it's crazy because the Yankees are playing the Braves right now and the Phillies are playing the Rays. And if the Phillies were actually a good team, the Yankees would be in first place. I mean, the Phillies have been good. I mean, my biggest takeaway, like, I watched the game at uh, I watched the game at Ocean last night after we were done bowling. And, like, I watched the ninth, eighth, ninth inning. And, like, the biggest – unfortunately, well, yeah, the Yankees have been hot, but that's the glaring need that came through. Like, the glaring weakness came through at the end. Oh, like, the bullpen? Yeah, <laughs> Boone, Boone, had, Boone had to come pull Chapman in order to put in Wandy Peralta. He pulled his lefty closer to face lefty Freddie Freeman for a lefty reliever. Yeah, he was very, very weird. <laughs> it's just like, like I get I get if it was like a righty and you wanted to match up, but you didn't like, like Loisega was coming in. But the fact that you pulled your lefty to face a lefty is like, I, I mean, it worked out. It worked out, so nobody's going to question it, but it's just like, is it's this is this, is, is this the last year Chapman's a Yankee? Um, depends how far they go. If if honest to God, I mean, we all, we all grew up in this area, you know, New York sports, Philadelphia sports. If you succeed in the postseason, you're a hero. If he comes out and has a really good playoff series, a play, playoff run, and is like dominant in the playoffs, he's going to be a Yankee still. If he comes out and shits the bed and he blows a few saves, or he say like he God forbid he blows a save in like the wild card game from the wild card game. Like he's he may he'll, he'll never win pinstripes again. He, like, he ain't no mo. That's all I'm gonna say. He ain't no mo. Ain't nobody no. mo but mo. Ain't ain't nobody mo but mo. But he is certainly not mo. I was watching earlier when I was at work. I was following because I had a what's it called? I had a bet on the uh, the Astros game. I was watching the Astros a little bit, and like I think like when I think about the AL, I've been thinking about oh like the Yankees, have, the Yankees and Rays, Yankees and Rays. 
and like, oh, the White Sox have been good. White Sox are up by like 15 in their division. The Astros are a damn good team. Like, and it's like they don't have that top end front of the line starting pitching, but like they're running like McCullers, Grinky, and uh, who's the other? There's another one. But like the fact that like this team has like been able to sneak under the radar even after all the bullshit that happened, and like what? What that? Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, they're just like they're one one through eight. They got two guys that one through eight, one through nine. They're all really good hitters, really solid hitters, really like patient hitters. They got two guys batting over three hundred in uh, uh Guriel and freaking what the hell is his name? Oh, uh, Michael Brantley. And like that bullpen's nasty. I don't know. Like I, I'm starting to think the Astros may be that favorite team in the AL that like is going to sneak under the radar and then just dominate. I think the problem with the Astros is. They are a top three AL team, but their division is so bad that they kind of sneak in because they're just playing bad teams so often that they just stack up wins. They are a really good team. Like I said, I think they're a top three team in the AL, but I think a lot of people discount their wins because of their division. I mean, maybe, but like to that point, in addition, like, yeah, I mean, the AL East has four good teams in it right now. But right now, fighting for that other wild card spot in the American League is Oakland, who currently has it, and Seattle's t- like a game and a half behind Oakland. So like both those teams are like fifteen games over. The West of the minute slash like the Angels under and like the uh, who's the other team out there? Uh, whatever. What there was another team I saw. I I can't remember the other team that's going to escape me. But like they have like three or four they have three good teams out there like the AL is like surprisingly like not as top heavy as it usually is it's pretty spread out that's why I'm excited for the playoffs like same thing in the NL like the NL itself is like like yeah it's like the Mets are struggling lately but there's like outside like I don't think that the Dodgers are flawed and like anybody could literally win this World Series uh, the AL West uh, by the way Clark is the Astros at 75 and 52 uh, the Athletics at 70 and 57, which is five games behind. Then the Mariners at 69 and 58, which is six games behind. Then the Angels at 63 64, which is 12 games behind. And then the Rangers at 44 and 81, yeah, at one. seven games behind. There it is. There. So, yeah, I mean, I would just say I don't think that necessarily you would classify the ALS as like a bad division or anything like that. I mean, I know that like the White Sox are up by 15 games in their, uh, in their division right now. So it's just yeah. like, but. I don't know, Geller. I, 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 I saw the score of the Mets game. How are we doing? Like, how are we? How are you holding up, man? Uh, <laughs> it's not looking good, man. It's not looking good. Uh, how about how about the Mets? Weren't they in first place at one time? They were. They were a really good team two months ago. They're they they not a good right. team. They're down one nothing to uh, the Giants presently in the middle of the fourth. They've gotten killed by injuries. It's so unfortunate. It happens every year. The Mets. I I feel like I hear that every single year from the Mets is is oh they were a really good team and then half the teams on the injured reserve. I mean, on paper, on on paper they are a really good team. Like on paper they have the best rotation in the league. Like the the problem problem is, is you you haven't had Syndergaard all year. And DeGrom has been out the past month and a half. It's not even that. Like, if you look at their plus minus and run scored versus runs against, only recently have they been getting blown out by, oh, I don't know, the two top teams in the National League, the Giants and the Dodgers. But 
before that, they were about even. Their pitching was fine. It's more that they can't hit. And not only can they not hit, they can't get runners on base. Not only do they not hit, they can't hit when runners are even on base. Not only can they not do that, they can't do any situational hitting. And not only that, they don't walk. I know that I don't like Brett Gardner as a Yankee fan, and that's like one thing I'll fully admit to anybody. But at least the dude's on-base percentage is about 100 to 120 points higher than his terrible batting average. When you look at somebody like Pete Alonso or Javi Baez, tell me what their tell me what his average is versus his on-base percentage is. If it was 50 points higher, I would be absolutely floored because I feel like they don't walk. I feel like they don't get on base. So when you no, look at the lineup, home run or bust for Pete. <laughs> yeah, and they don't even do the home run part. They just bust. They just strike out all the time. They're all batting two forty or under. Like they could literally go down to AAA and switch swap the team and put Tim Tebow in some stripes, and he'll be he'll be able to bat better. Javi Baez. Uh, just gonna say Javi Baez on the uh, the Cubs before being traded to the Mets. He was uh, three. Th- uh, 83 for 335, which is a 248 batting average. Which and his, he, on, his on base percentage was 292, so he was about 50 points higher. Yeah. Now, on the Alonso Mets, has a 258 batting average, 28 home runs, a 0.34 on base percentage. How many and how many RBIs? Uh, 73. Okay, I, 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 I thought it'd be I thought it'd be less because all I hear is Alonzo hitting solo shots. Oh, Peter Alonzo. He hit, does hit a lot of solo shots because no one gets on base for him. Well, exactly. Uh, like, Javi Baez he's walked, he's on the Mets. Forty-four times. Home runs don't mean shit if no one's getting on for you. <laughs> Javi Baez on the Mets is eight for forty-two, which is good for a one-ninety batting average, and he has a two-sixty-one on base percentage. So he has seventy points higher. Yeah. We've been doing so, Mets, so much worse since we got Baez. The yeah, Mets are uh, and Lindor hasn't walks. been playing very much either. So that also hurts a lot, even though Lindor was not productive in the first half of the season regardless. The Mets and, uh, are about to invest $70 million in, in, in the middle of their infield. That's that this year is currently hitting about a, like 230. Yeah. yeah, and you just know that it's not – it's not realistic to be a competitive team in that in that aspect. Getting more pitchers doesn't do anything for that. Getting hitters is what's going to change that. If you go on ESPN.com and search the Mets, the second story is a video of Javi Baez swinging and missing very badly. Like he's yeah. already like the ball's not even near the plate, and he's already swung past the plate. He's already a and meme. The, and the problem is, you have to pay him because you cannot justify giving up Pete Crow Armstrong, who's arguably going to be a top five prospect in the next two years, and you haven't had a, a good center fielder since Carlos Beltran, and you have to pay this guy because if you let him walk after giving up PCA, then it's like like that was the that was the biggest blunder the Mets have had in a minute. Like it's terrible. Like you want to hear who was on that team for the '85 Yankees now? Yes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah, let's circle back to that. Uh, so you have the AL's um, MVP, Don Mattingly. Okay, so like that makes sense, right? He he um, Talk to me. he thirty five home runs. Uh, let's see, uh, scored one hundred and forty five runs. Holy shit! I only um, two guys from the eighties that played for the Yankees. So well, Dave, Don Mattingly was one of them. <laughs> Dave Winfield. Oh, yep. Household name. Don Household Bailey. Name. Yep. Mm, not sure about that one. <laughs> Ron Gadiri. Ron Gidry? Ron Gidry? Gidry's there? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Gidry? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I know I said it. Dave Rigetti. I've said it on purpose because it's like one of those like things where it's like it's uh. it's silly to like think that how far think about how far along 1985 was from where we are yeah. today. Yeah. 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 Um, Our entire lifetime. Avery Getty. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. I was going to say Rigetti's name funny too, but now I realize how much it would hurt us. So I'm just going to say Dave Rigetti. <laughs> I was going to say Rigetti. Rigetti. Dave Rigetti. Yep. Phil Nixon. Okay. No idea. Nope. Uh, Ken Griffey Sr. Uh, you know, I think I'm... I've heard of that name before. I'm not sure. Uh, uh, I've heard of Ken Griffey Jr. Any relation? <laughs> um let's see who else was on this team oh man it's uh there was only those notable people huh <laughs> now you're really gonna have to start scratching that shows the quality of baseball in uh 1985 <laughs> yeah true it doesn't get any better because remember um just going back through the yankees uh, there we go. World series catcher was butch weiniger Oh man, what? that's that's a that's a name. Uh, we had Willie Randolph at second. Oh, oh, I know that guy. Uh, Bob Meacham at short. Ooh, Meach. Uh, <laughs> ooh, Meach. Uh, third base was uh, Mike Pagliarolo. Ooh, that's Yo, that's Pag- a name. We got Pag at the hot corner. Nice pronunciation on that one. And uh, they had also Ricky Henderson in center field. Oh, he's pretty ooh. good. Ricky Henderson, the guy that can steal any base. And then uh, Don Baylor was our DH. <laughs> so, so that's that's the '85 Yankees for you. Nice, excellent, great squad. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah. Hey. I'll take I'll take this year's lineup. We want to take a minute to thank one of our sponsors. Looking for a beer that's different than the same old boring macro beer you're used to? Come check out Three Threes in Hammond to New Jersey. With a wide selection of craft beer ranging from IPAs to porters, Three Threes has a little something for everyone. Stop in today for a pint of our Back to Reality, winner of the 2019 Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival's Best Hazy New England IPA. Perhaps lagers are more your speed. Try the winner of the 2021 Mana Hopkins Best Beer, Pitter Patter Pilsner. Not in the area? No problem. Three Threes distributes beer all over New Jersey and parts of eastern Pennsylvania. Stop in your local liquor store today and ask for three threes. Next subject we got here, and uh, I feel like there was a, a bit of a, a cult of personality that came back this weekend. You're such wow. a dad. Oh, my God. You're such a dad. <laughs> like, first of all, well, we're going to transition terrible. after this. Unbelievable. First of all, you could have went with, like, OG song, and, and like, we could have been, like, a real pun, and then all our friends that were burns. Yeah, always. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that would have been like, like, oh, that's a play to when he first came to W. No, you went Speaking with the of dad ice joke. cream bars. <laughs> anyway, uh, transition. <laughs> transition. Yeah. Transition. You're Punk then transition. Punk is back, guys. CM Punk CM is Punk back. CM Punk has returned. And we all knew he wasn't going to show up by everything that AEW was doing. They made sure that no one knew CM Punk was going to be there on Man, Friday. Best held secret in the business. No, they didn't have the crowd chanting or anything. No, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, you, I mean, you, you definitely promote it. You don't, you don't not promote it. Like, I, I, I can appreciate that. I was saying this to Kyle earlier. Um, I don't know who said it. I think it might have been Bruce, uh, not Bruce Pritchard, um, Dave Meltzer or somebody like that. And um, it is a testament 
to CM Punk's ability to draw better than John Cena, better than The Rock. He sold out the uh, the Chicago arena based on the rumor that he was going to be there that night. There has there's been a, rumors that he was there's going to a, show there's up a, every there's show a lot, there's a lot there. Um... I mean, uh, like I said, like I, I, I don't remember who said it, but like it, 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 it I'm just saying, like it, it's, it's just the testament to Punk's ability to draw that everyone was there for him. Well, yeah, they announced it. So, yeah. like and, 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 and Chicago's a notorious hotbed for wrestling. It, yeah. Like every Chicago, especially like indie wrestling, and you're and and no offense to you, Gal, I know you're a big, you're really into AEW. 95% of AEW fans are fucking bucks. So like, yes. they're gonna they're they're gonna go they're gonna go because the young bucks said they're they, because the young bucks said they're going to Chicago. They're gonna be in Chicago. Yeah. Like that's where that's where pros and tees are. That's where like everything is based. Like it makes sense. And like you factor in the punk rumors and like them being not so subtle, but obviously he was going there. Like it makes sense. Uh, like, the only problem with it is it wasn't in the Tokyo Dome, so it's only getting four stars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, underrated comment. I'll uh, I'll just say this. I'll say my piece on this real quick because I know, like, Gail, I know you probably want to talk about this a good amount. Um, the pop, incredible. The pop was great. It's one of the best wrestling pops I've heard in a very long time, probably since the Hardys at Mania. Like, it was a very good pop. The music playing was cool. The aesthetic was cool. The T-shirts cool. I didn't think the promo was great. I think it was a little condescending, as like him like talking down to wrestling fans i mean i'm happy that he's back he's gonna be a good talker hopefully he can still wrestle and i mean i'm happy he's back but like i don't know i didn't think like it was a groundbreaking like promo like maybe my maybe my expectations were too high personally like i don't know Uh, it didn't move me like you know i don't know i'm i'm gonna have to take the other side on that one because i i don't know where any word where CM Punk was talking that he was being condescending to wrestling fans. He was, he said, we, he said, I apologize. Like, I, I don't know. He, 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 he never apologized. He didn't yes, say he, did. he apologized. He apologized for making, he said, if you felt a certain way, I apologize for you feeling the certain way. He didn't apologize for his actions. He didn't have to. Okay. I, Good. I like listening to this because this is interesting to me. The first thing that I, I say to this is CM Punk is great for wrestling. I don't care what yeah. company he's part of. I don't care how long he's been gone. I don't care if people hate him. Um, I don't care if people love him. He is great for wrestling because he makes everybody around him better. Um, the way he talks and the way he presents himself is only going to make Darby Allen better. The way that WWE does storytelling and promo work is better than it, the way that WWE does storytelling and promo work is better than AEW. I wanted to make sure I said that right. Uh, because yeah. um, I'm not talking about class. I'm not talking about going to promo class, like how they always joke about that and how some people think that that's joke to go do that. I'm talking about talking in front of a crowd of 13 to 15,000, potentially 40 to 45,000, potentially 80,000, depending on what stadium is being rented out for a SummerSlam or WrestleMania or the Royal Rumble, whatever it may be. If they go to AT&T Stadium, the Cowboys, they're going to fit 100,000 people there. To be able to compose yourself and talk in front of a large group and a large mass of people, be convincing, and then put on the match, there's two parts of it. And 
I, there's a reason why I'm not a huge AEW fan. It's not because I'm a WWE mark because I don't watch as much as I should probably watch uh, because the product is is not that great anyway. But I I am firmly put in the fact that WWE invests more energy into their storytelling than AEW does. And if you tell me that Chris Jericho's storytelling with MJF is fantastic and that's the only thing that you can rip from that to tell me that. I believe you, but I would also tell you that if that's the only story that's worth telling, then the rest of the company is not doing justice for the people that are there. And I'm not saying that those people cannot talk or that those people cannot act or that they cannot wrestle after talking, but I know that CM Punk will enhance that talent. And I guarantee you that's why they took people like Paul White and Mark Henry and they brought them on as commentators and special analysis instead of making them wrestlers because they wanted them to be able to be there in the locker room for those people. I'm sure you guys can agree with Punk being great for wrestling in general. I think that they they took him at the right time to mold a bunch of people that needed to understand how to work a crowd and work their storyline into their wrestling. Because I don't see that from AEW. Yes, I, I agree with you on that one. That I feel like that's why Punk is uh, on AEW. And uh, even Jim Cornette, uh, which I know that's a very divisive name in the wrestling community. Um, even he was saying that punk is going to be good for them because AEW's whole shtick is we're wrestling. We're wrestlers. We're not sports entertainers like WWE. We're, we're doing our own thing. We're, we're here for the wrestling. Well, CM Punk is a wrestler. He does. And he knows that wrestling is also Mike promos, which he's very good at, but he's also a wrestler in the ring like he knows how to hit spots he knows how to tell a story through a match where i understand a lot of people have issues with how AEW does their with their matches where it's just a spot fest it's it's the flippy dippy shit it's it's i'm gonna see how many times i can hit the uh i can jump off the top rope or i can jump to the outside which Yes, it's very fun to see. It's very athletic. I'm not taking anything away from these athletes. They're doing something that I could never do in any amount of training in my life. I can't do a 450 splash off the top rope. I'm not saying that I can. But what I'm saying is AEW needs to learn from WWE where slower matches makes for better storytelling. And WWE needs to learn that a lot of what they're doing should have been left in the 80s, but Vince McMahon likes it, so Vince McMahon gets it. Overall, competition like between the companies is going to make the product better both ways. Um, I just I think the loss of money and the problem that they that WWE encountered by trying to run them up. I don't think that they could pay everybody. And I think that they had these contracts that were just hurting their company so much that they had to dump the value that they had. Um, and I don't think that they're going to get that value back, which is also frustrating because they're going to move on to a different company. I know I just was reading before that Impact is pursuing uh, Braun Strowman very heavily. And I, I'm sorry, Bray Wyatt. I read the, I read the name wrong. <laughs> um, and I don't know what that means for a fan of... Bray Wyatt, like I am, um, I just I don't I know he also makes wh whoever he's wrestling and whatever company he's wrestling for better, um, same way that Punk does. So I do want to just see him back, but um, you know, 
I'm not trying to be a mark for WWE. I'm just trying to make sure that the point that we're making is that um, Punk isn't a bad thing for AEW, but AEW needs to work on storytelling is my point. For sure. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, in my opinion, like, look, between watching all the shows, like, WWE's presentation of wrestling and what and their weekly shows is better than AEW's, obviously, because of, like, the budget and, like, how much, like, the company worth everything. Like, we know this. We're not speaking. They, they've also had literally decades to, to perfect it. Okay, no, I, I'm not. I agree. I like. No, no, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm just saying that their production is better than AEW because they they have the production, they have the money, they they've had the time to to hone it in. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I'm just gonna say, like, I don't think there's that much of a wrestling product difference between the two companies. I just think it's viewed in a different lens because AEW is primarily viewed by more indie fans. I think the wrestling quality is about the same between the two shows and, like, the two companies. I think there's top-end guys. I think that you have slower you have slower match styles in AEW with, like, Jericho, MJF, and Cody, but you also have those slower match styles with Roman. Roman, who's probably the best wrestler in the world right now, he, wrote, he wrestles a slower pace. So, like, in that sense, it's him. Like, guys like Sheamus wrestle these slow paces. Like, I don't know. It's just, like... I don't see, like, I'm a fan of wrestling that I like. I think we talked about it last week. In my opinion, most wrestling sucks these days. And I just, I, I look at every company, no matter what company it is, and I see what's good and what I like. But, like, I don't see, like, I, I, I don't get the idea between that people jumping from one side to the other. Like, one side is so much better. Like, it's all the same shit. It's just with a different coat of paint. That's all it is. Like, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm also in the same boat as you, man. Like I, I got. You, I, I am more of a mark for WWE only because I'm more familiar with the product. But I, I made a point not too long ago in a group chat that we have. Uh, well, it's actually a Discord channel, but I was just like, there's like five people that I could I could actually tolerate on AEW, and maybe it's because I just like I I prefer the talking to be done through wrestling, and I don't think that that happens when you're watching people. Like the uh, Young Bucks do super kicks 70 times in a match and winning, and it's the same exact thing that John Cena would do in his matchup when he does five moves and wins a match. Like, why do we complain about John Cena doing it as wrestling fans? And then we watch Matt and Nick Jackson do it, and then they don't, like, there's no difference to me. So, well, I, because I, Matt, because Matt and Nick Jackson. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I was just, just going to make a joke. I was just going to make a joke. Uh, you, you can For go. me, the, the, for me, the difference between the products is I feel when you watch a WWE match, it's way more clean. There's, except for the people who are like really like poor ring work, they're very clean matches. There's very few mistakes, other than excuse me, a few select people. When you watch AEW, they're they're bigger risk takers, and you know, they'll like people like to call them spot monkeys and whatnot. But you know, they're gonna take a bigger risk by doing a bigger spot. And sometimes it doesn't always go to plan. And that's why I think that their product sometimes looks a little bit sloppier and there's a little bit more mistakes. And um, I know there's a word, but um, Bosch is the word, you know. But overall, I, I, I enjoy both products when they're both good. And I think for me specifically, the WWE product got very stale for a while. And, you know, there was just no other alternative. It was just you just either didn't watch wrestling or you dealt with it. And when AEW yeah. came out, it was 
there's something like, new. Finally, and I, I have something different. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I've I've enjoyed certain things. I I do find, you know, that they have a lot of talent that's stuck in their mid card, uh, and then they just bring in these guys who were I don't want to say rejects from WWE, but guys who basically got cut from WWE and they kind of take over. They've taken over. Maybe they deserve it. Maybe they don't. That's not for me to decide. But there's a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of talent that's not getting developed or time of day. But I'm also here watching and I want to see CM Punk. I want to see Chris Jericho, MJF. I want to see John Moxley, Eddie Kingston. I want to see Death Triangle. You know, I want to see Jurassic Express. The biggest problem, uh, going off of your point, uh, Galler, is... I have I had the same issue when AEW was first announced, and it's still kind of an issue with me. It's um, it's the WCW syndrome. Yep. And what 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 that means to me is is they do they're soaking up a bunch of the ex WWE guys and kind of just going like, look, haha, we have them now. They're on our side, and it's it's. And it's like you said, is they bring in the they bring in those names because they're names, and instead of developing their own talent, they're just bringing names in. And um, and like you said, like I, I do enjoy Chris Jericho, I do enjoy John Moxley, I do enjoy Cody. I like I'm not saying they're bad wrestlers; they're very good in the ring, and they do they. they I don't know, think that they. Um, I I'll interject a little bit, and I don't yeah, think that they hire all WWE guys like that's just like that's ruthless to say I think the problem is that they highlight WWE guys more and um, yeah I I wasn't trying to say that they only hire WWEs I'm I'm just saying like like you like you said they're they're highlighting that they're that they're hiring these high WWE guys I mean I mean they highlight I mean any indie guy they bring in if it's a big enough unfortunately like the the WWE guys the, the people that they brought in are WWE because and they have a bigger name that's the only reason they're bringing them in that's why the only reason they're promoting them like I don't give a I like I don't give a shit if like Joe Schmo who appeared on ROH for three years is suddenly showing up to do a dark to do a match on AEW Dark. You know what I mean? That's not going to push a needle. But if you can get a few Attitude Era fans who or a few Impact Wrestling fans who recognize the name Christian Cage on your show, like you're going to push it. Yeah, I don't blame them for doing that at all. I think you need that. I think you need a draw because you you can. You, we've seen with Impact and before um, it was called Impact. Um, it, I just think that we saw the same problem with them realizing that they didn't have draws and that diehard fans were the ones that understood where the company was before they got people like Kurt Angle and before they got you know Christian to come over there and draw ratings. But you have to have outside influence coming in to the company in order to build. Um, I I just think that the people that are inside the company don't know how to tell a story just yet, <laughs> and they will. They're gonna they're gonna wrestle with some great talent. They'll probably get Brian Danielson. Um, they may even get Bray Wyatt. Um, and if that happens, the company will be fantastic because those are great storytellers. Do you think he keeps the name Bray Wyatt, or do you think he goes to like uh, Rotunda? All I know is that when WWE was great on his um, his future endeavors. They called him Bray Wyatt. They didn't call him Wyndham Rotunda. So I feel like they felt like they're going to sign him back. Like that, that's like, I've, there's my hot take. I feel I've, like they're going to resign him. I've read things where the theory is is that releasing Bray is a swerve and he's not going anywhere. Yeah, well, I could totally see that too. They, I feel like he was their, wasn't he like one of their best merch sales? Besides, like, yeah, yeah. absolutely their best yeah, merch but, sales. But it was more, meant, it's, look, it's been meant, it's mental health related. Like, a lot of it is mental yes. health related. That's what because, I read. 
Yeah, yeah he's a, he's a, yeah, ever uh, since, since like, him and JoJo split, ever since uh, freaking. Uh, oh, Brody I didn't know him and JoJo split. Hey, she yeah. just posted a picture of the two of them. Uh, well, they had said, I had read and I had, I had heard that they had split up at least for a time. Maybe they took a break or something like that. But I I do know that I heard that a lot of it boiled down to um, John Huber passing away. Yeah. Like, look, I'm all for go get get healthy, go get your head right. Like, that's fine. Like, if this is like, look, if they need to get him off the books for a little bit in order to do whatever, then get him off the books for a little bit. Like, his his dad is is a producer in the company. IRS is, a, is IRS is a producer for WWE. Yep. So, like, they're obviously not going to be on bad terms if they fire, they're not going to just fire the dude's son, like, you know what I mean? Like, without, like, any kind of justification or, like, reasoning. Like, I wouldn't so, be surprised if Bray asked for him. Like, I don't, like, I don't know, the, I, I don't fucking know the guy, but, like. Just, just, just to clear it up, um, JoJo did post a picture 19 hours ago of Bray saying my favorite person. So, if they had trouble, they're not making it public. Fantastic. Good for them. Well, well yeah. good. We're back. Let's go. Yeah. We're back. Let's go. Because <laughs> I know, I know so that I he really cared about JoJo, too. So, like, that's, that's why I'm I saying, mean, like, I didn't understand that. So, look, I mean, look, regardless of our opinions on AEW and everything like that, but, like, we're, Punk is back. That's great for wrestling. We're happy about that. I do want to mention the weekend in WWE and NXT. I mean, uh, SummerSlam, to me, was... It was a bunch of filler matches and a few big moments, like two or three good matches. I know the one match that Kyle's really looking forward to never happened, but we got some really big returns with Becky and Brock. So did you guys watch over the weekend? Did you have a favorite match, favorite moment, anything like that? Or, I, just, uh, or, or even just opinions? Like, I honestly, so, uh, I, I haven't watched a WWE show in like two years now. I really? usually just get my news from either like What Culture or Cultaholic or something like that. Okay. I okay. Um, I didn't get to watch, but I, I mean, uh, same thing. I found every, you know, saw everything on the internet, and everything I'm seeing is it, it seems like we're gonna get we're going to get a face Brock and a heel Becky. And I think Becky was meant to be a heel with this man character. She just got so over with it that they were like, all right, fine, be a face. And I don't think, have we ever seen a face Brock Lesnar? Yes, when he first started with Zach Gowan. Weiss, he was a face. Yeah, Um, he was two days or. No, he was was actually for a while. He was technically a face in like 15, 16 when, when he feuded The Undertaker. Yeah, right, and like right. they had the hell in the cell match. He was technically a face, but like, and like, face Brock is a, real it's face. a cool, it's a cool dynamic. Like, I'm excited to see how it goes. I mean, and with Becky yeah. as a heel, like, I agree. But but the problem is with Becky is that you need, in order for her to be an effective heel, you need to make, you need to have the crowd boo her. So she needs to, she needs to make the crowd dislike her and boo her because if they're gonna cheer her, that's the whole reason. Yes, I agree. The main character was supposed to be a heel. But because she was so over, they just kept cheering for her. And I'll be honest, once she beat R- Rousey and Charlotte at Mania, the character kind of stunk. It was pretty bad. Like, it was, just, it was just like, LOL, Becky wins. Every time, she didn't even lose the damn title. She gave it up because she got pregnant. Like, it's just like... Yeah, um, I, I think adding Charlotte to that match hurt her as well. Because, if, at least if, if, if anything... You could have had that set up for the next mania is Becky versus Charlotte. 
and I mean, not just throwing her in the middle of the the triple, making a triple threat and throwing her in the middle of what she already had going. So coming from a guy that actually watched the show, um, I <laughs> don't. First of all, <laughs> I have a affinity for tinier black women who are very pretty and make Kyle very happy that they have great wrestling ability. Yeah, I heard um, they screwed I, over Sasha Banks. So the Boy, fact that no, Sasha wasn't there, and I wait, Nanya does not wrestle. Is that what you said? Yes. Um, you started first, describing her. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, the, the fact that my girl, Sasha, who I, I have always absolutely loved from day one, uh, wasn't there. That sucked, first of all, for me not to, to, to watch her wrestle and have a great storyline, as I like to say. I like to, I like to have the talk and the wrestling to go with it. And then Bianca, who is literally the next incarnation of what Sasha Banks was for the last five to six years. And going to be that good and is that good of a talent and so strong and so athletic to just get absolutely murdered in a match by Becky Lynch was so heart wrenching. I was now, like, you got to be you kidding me, that a match? man. I was, I was so that a match? that that happened. No, I don't consider it a match. It wasn't a match. It was me being well, sad for like 30 seconds, which is normally was, better was, than I could produce. 20, it was 26 seconds. It was Becky. It was a, it was a fake handshake, a sucker punch. And like a rock bottom by Becky Lynch for one, two, three. Dude, what an absolute travesty to to have the possibility. Even if Becky won in like three minutes, and like it was a back and forth, and then Becky catches her in a disarmor or something like that, and they got that's what happens, and then they have like a nice like handshake for like thank you, you're kind of cool, like good luck in the future, we'll fight again. I would have been cool with that. I would be like, all right, whatever. But like, man, thirty seconds, my girl loses her title. Like, I, I'm, like, sitting there, like, okay, I was expecting not to have Sasha. I know I read the internet, too, and I wasn't expecting Sasha to come out in, like, heroic form and be like, oh, my God, we didn't expect her, but here she is. But, like, yeah. I I got nothing from that match. And Clark said it. That was the match that I mentioned first that I wanted to watch. So, like, I felt so cheated out of that. And I was just like, like, I don't even, I didn't even want to watch anymore after that. I did. Oh, so what but, you're like, saying I, is... An NXT talent that got called up to the main roster <laughs> got squandered <laughs> and squashed by, by, by a NXT WWE talent. returning talent. By a part-time... No, I'm just kidding. By a part-time <laughs> talent. Part-time <laughs> uh, part-time talent. If you, want, you, you want to know what should have been done? If you want to do a two-minute squash match... Yeah, anything else? Is, what, no, not even anything else. Like Because it makes sense. I, I get what they're doing. Because yeah. this is the way you, if, I don't know if it was sudden, but like, look, the fact of the matter is they promoted Sasha for 10 to 14 days when they obviously knew that she was not going to fight. Like, Becky had fucking t-shirts made. Like, there was, she was not going to fight. Like, Becky, <laughs> that was, this was always the plan. But if you, if, it, but if you want, be, but if you want Bianca Belair to look strong coming out of this match, or even like any, like, have the same sequence of moves, sucker punch, whatever that fucking move Becky hit was, put her in the disarmor. And make Bianca Belair literally sit there and fucking just pass like, out. Roll for, no, not even, roll for the rope for fucking two minutes. Like, yeah, like triple H, like, like, yeah. like triple H in the cross face at Mania. Like, yeah. like fucking, like literally make her sit there <laughs> and like rest and milk it for like a minute and a half because she'll look like a badass coming out with it. Becky was fresh, caught her off her game, hit her with a sucker punch, and caught her in what arguably is one of the most like 
the toughest submission moves in WWE right now. Yeah. And she sat there for a minute and a half and fought every tooth and nail. And before she passed out, and or you could do a pass out. I don't fucking know. Pass outs are well played so out right now. Basically, like, you're saying though, like anything would have been better. Like any any other option than the squash that it was. The problem, and like the problem is also is that like we we said it last week, Kyle. You, you me, and Geller said it last week. This show was a bunch of poop with like two or three good matches. And they ruined and, my good match. And with this <laughs> happening, it literally became a two match show. It was Seth and Edge. Which was phenomenal, yeah, was and Roman and Roman and Cena, which was phenomenal. Which is also of, a really good match. And you guys, if you haven't watched it, I would watch it because it was a rip, really rip good John match. Cena's career. No, he'll be back. He even said he'll be back. He tweeted it. No, he's he's done. He's he's gone forever. That's <laughs> what all like the cheats are saying. Is I mean, he's just saying that because he can't see him. John I mean, Cena to AW confirmed. There. The Brock oh, the Brock swerve, <laughs> the Brock swerve at the end is cool. Like we were talking about it last week. I was listening. I listened actually listened back today, Kyle. You were actually you actually called it because you you mentioned last week on the show like what are they gonna do who's beating Roman and you literally said what do you think about Brock and I'm like I mean it could work and like literally that's what they're I, going honestly with. Uh, I don't, I don't need to keep cutting you off Clark You're I'm good. so sorry no, dude. You're, fine. Um, You're fine I yeah I honestly would love to see how they're going to play the dynamic of Paul Heyman between Brock and uh, Roman. This happens and every time with Paul Heyman, and then Paul always picks Brock Lesnar. <laughs> oh. Have you seen all the memes? It's like Roman versus um, Brock, winner gets Paul Heyman. <laughs> custody of, custody of Paul Heyman Star ladder cage. match. Paul Heyman in a shark cage. Paul Heyman in a shark cage, yep. <laughs> I, if, if, you suggest, if you say it's the right person, that match will happen. Well, Brock has Paul Heyman's ponytail now, so... He he does mm. have the he does have the poly dangerous fucking rat tail going on, but <laughs> like I don't know because it's like I feel like you're gonna like, I while like face Brock is cool and like this dynamic is gonna be good. I don't want Brock without Heyman for a long period of time. Like that's that's Honestly, part of the package. I'm okay with face Brock. But I think he should be uh, a tweener, kind of like a Stone Cold. Rock or is Rock never. Like Rock that. is never a true face when he's exactly, a face. Yeah. So. I want Money in the Bank, Brock. But oh my also, god, Brock but, Party. But who also does heal things? Like I, I like that dynamic where he. Honestly, I think Brock can pull it off where he's just this ruthless guy in the ring, but out of the ring, he's just some doofy dad. I, I, there is nothing I don't, for I don't, me I don't want, than I don't Paul want Heyman that. rocking out. When Paul Heyman was rocking out with the Money in the Bank uh, thing. It was, who, it was uh, the greatest Brock has ever, It was honestly the greatest Brock has ever looked was Brock Party. If but, I'm a wrestling fan and I'm watching the product weekly... I want somebody to beat Roman Reigns, and I want Brock Lesnar to be the badass that he is to come in and save me from trying to uh, acknowledge the champion. So yep. if I if I'm a wrestling fan right now with watching WWE's product, I want I want Lesnar to just absolutely destroy Roman Reigns, which won't happen because it happened six years ago, five years ago. So it's just not going to happen again. There's no way it's going to happen. I think Roman's going to beat Brock. I mean, yeah, I mean, you would think so. The fact that they're doing it now and not saving it for Mania probably means that Roman is going to go over. But, like, 
that still poses the question, like, who's beating Roman? Are we are we getting The Rock at Mania? Like, is uh, that the move? The- Next up on uh next up on Vince's list of big uh sweaty men is uh Amos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I will I feel like I mean, uh, go ahead. No, 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 you do I was gonna do a different point, you're good. I, I feel like what's gonna happen is you're gonna see Brock versus Roman, and I think Roman's gonna go over and then it's like, oh what's next for Brock? And then I think we'll finally at Survivor maybe not Survivor Series, but we'll finally get build up to um, Brock versus Lashley will probably be next. Which Maybe. is the whole reason Lashley even came back to the company. I don't uh, know. Just a theory. I don't know. This Goldberg thing seems like it's going longer than hoped. So, Tell me how you're going to have a match with Goldberg and have him have a goddamn knee injury. Like, how is that? How is that? Why bring him back for that? Well, at least it wasn't a cattle prod. I I need to mention how his son, I need to mention I need to mention how his son has grown up ten years in the last three years. Yeah, dude, it's insane. <laughs> Just not only like, he was, he was who did they hire for that? Out of the room. <laughs> like, they, they, hired, they hired that kid. They're like, right now, you're Goldberg's son for this show. Thank you. Yeah, it's the, like, it's the real Dominic Mysterio. God damn. <laughs> I was I was gonna say before I mean we're already, we're already a little bit over an hour here but like I if you, you guys haven't seen it yet I don't know if you guys watched NXT on Sunday if you get a chance like Walter versus Ila Dragunov may be the match of the year and maybe one of such the best match. matches I've ever watched in my life it was such a it good was, match it was so it was so hard hitting and like. You didn't know who was going to win. It was so back and forth. That, like, unfortunately, with a lot of NXT shows lately, it's a lot of like stupid predictability because you know X, X person needs to win because either Y person's leaving or Y person's getting called up. And like even in this card, like you knew Adam Cole was going to leave because lose because he's rumors he's not a, he's not on NXT anymore. You knew right. that Samoa Joe would win because Cross has been getting jobbed out with his BDSM gear on Raw, and like. <laughs> And, like, you're not going to take the title off Raquel Gonzalez. And the first match, like, you, you had the opener and this match as your only two questionable, maybe, like, who will win kind of matches. And this match was hard-hitting. I love Walter. Walter is a star. I hope he entered. I, I want him versus Samoa Joe yesterday for the, for the NXT title. I just want to watch these two large men beat the fuck out of each other. And, like, it just, like, it told such a great story. And, the, and, like, the coolest part was when they ripped off Dragunov, like, Band-Aid. So, like, he just looked like a badass the entire match. Because he had this huge scar going down, like, the front of his face the whole time. And he was just, like, his chest was bleeding from Walter's chops. It's just, like... It's such, it like, such, like, an English style of wrestling, though. Like, yeah. just brutal, like, beat down. It's so great. It's the best match. Uh, it's the best wrestling match that I've seen since Nakamura Zane at the takeover for for Mania. And that's my that's my favorite match of all time. So we're gonna pause real quick just to give a shout out to one of our sponsors. Ready for New Jersey's newest craft hard seltzer brand? Introducing Bougie Bubbles Hard Seltzer. Brewed and packaged in Hamilton, New Jersey, Bougie Bubbles is bringing a fresh spin on the hard seltzer game using real ingredients and zero artificial flavorings. Get Bougie Bubbles today at 33's Brewery. Bougie Bubbles Hard Seltzer. Real ingredients, real flavor. Good stuff, guys. Good stuff. 
so I think from what we've talked about, we got one more subject to touch on. Yeah, we can run through it quick. Uh, I got time. All right. Yeah, I mean, we got time. We got time. All right. Well, let's get into uh, the new Spider-Man Home, uh, Far No Way Home trailer. Nice. <laughs> so good segue. God, now we can hit all three. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> all three. What? Spider-Man. All three Spider-Man. Far, far yes. coming from home. Got it. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So thoughts, comments, concerns, queries on it. What are we thinking? How many villains? Who's in it? Who's not? Who wasn't shown in the trailer that's in it? What story are they going with? Talk to me, guys. I know the two okay, biggest... Confirm from looking at IMDb, William Dafoe is cast as uh, Green Goblin. Return as Green Goblin. And yeah. Alfred Molina as Dr. Octagonopus. Dr. Doc is in there. Uh, Jamie, Jamie Foxx has been confirmed and is on the IMDb as Electro. In the trailer, yeah. you see Sandman. Uh, it, during the Electro Storm, you see Sandman. And then you see, um, what the hell is it? Is it Killer Croc? I think you see yeah, Killer they're, Croc. They're essentially, well. they're essentially yeah. setting up the... the so it's not six. Killer Croc. Killer Croc is DC character. Sorry, that's what I meant. You know what I meant. Fucking... Yes, I do. Yep. It's a Sinister Six. Yes, exactly yeah, it's it a Sinister Six. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's yeah, what it's and it's, it takes three Spider-Men to beat the Sinister Six. So everybody well knows. Yeah. So, I just so... Trench. All right, so here's so here's something I have so like. That a, mean, does that mean that we're getting um, uh, uh, what's his name as uh, Spider-Man again? Peter Parker and Garfield. Uh, sorry, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's heavily rumored, but they're not gonna come out and say that. I I'm feel like it's gonna be the last trailer. That's Tom Holland. It's easy. You can get all the information you ever need from that. Yes. <laughs> they don't even ask Tom Holland. They just have him show up on set and then and say, "This is what you're reading today," and that's it. No, I literally watched an interview with him saying that. They're like, "Yeah, they don't tell me anything anymore because I, I can't I can't help it. I don't know what happens." <laughs> so it's like, why did Tom Holland? Why did Spider Man look so confused the whole time? He goes, "Cause I didn't know what was going on the whole time." <laughs> For the, so, uh, I, I remember uh, seeing an interview they they had with him. It was uh, for the funeral scene for Iron Man in um, in Endgame, where uh, he showed up and he didn't know it was Iron Man's funeral. He thought Tony. it was a wedding scene, so that's why it it hit him so much harder than everyone else. Is because he thought he was there for a wedding. He thought it was a happy ending, and then he shows up for the funeral. They had to have filmed that long before they filmed the. They did the yeah. actual. Okay. Yeah. So, so one thing about the trailer. So from like so like from TikToks and like research I've done and seen stuff like that. What they're saying is is that this storyline is based off the comic book One More Day, the Spider-Man comic. Essentially, with the mm-hmm. same kind of like thought process and same kind of like idea. So my my biggest question is is that in in the trailer Doctor Strange seems off. Like Doctor Strange is never this like forthcoming with magic. He's never this nice to Peter. And I think like towards the end of it, it even sounds like like he seems like a little sinister. So my thing is is that they've reworked the the comic book because in the comic book Mephisto is the one who does the spell for Peter in order to make everybody forget that he was Spider-Man. So what if Mephesto... Because the last time we saw Strange was, like, that unreleased, like, fixed scene from WandaVision where he's going down the hill because Wanda's doing her spells and shit. And, like... 
you're, what you're, if Mephisto is impersonating Doctor Strange? I was gonna say That's so my you're, theory you're, as well. you're thinking that that he's he's trying to be someone that Peter knows so that way he trusts him. I mean, yeah, I mean I think like Mephisto can shape shit. Mephisto is essentially the devil. So like in like the like the Marvel universe. Right, so right. like I just think like if they're going with that if they're going with the one more day arc and like that idea of it, that would make sense. Especially because Strange is already preoccupied with Wanda if this is happening all simultaneously. I also think we get a Scarlet Witch um, deleted scene. That would be my guess also. I think we're going to get something in development with that. Also, I, li- I like the word they use to describe Doctor Strange as sinister. Yeah. <laughs> like almost like the Sinister Six. Um, yeah, I don't... So, yeah, uh, I like your guys' theories. Um, however, um, I'll hit you with a different theory. Um, okay. That instead of uh, being what you guys just said, <laughs> I think that it is more that because of the events that happened in Loki, um, I think that it is more going to be Kong the Conqueror. It's not going to be like a sinister, um, which we'll call it, um, Sinister Doctor Strange. I'm trying to look up um, the comic that it actually says it in because mm. it is. It's uh, Kang in the comics, so I'm trying to find out like where it says it. There's actually Kang? a comic line that 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 it's actually him. Then then um, like what you guys are saying is like that. I guess I, I guess I'm trying to find the words for it. I, I like I like the theory because they could go differently because they did do some things differently from comics to uh-huh. to movie screen, um, especially for the Thanos arc. But I feel like they're trying to introduce the next supervillain at this point. Yeah, phase. Well, uh, what was it? Phase four now. Yeah. Well, isn't Kang supposed to be the new big bad for the whole thing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So what if? Well, it's yeah, him? No, I thought the next big bad I'm, was supposed to be Galactus. Yeah. But if they're but if they're doing Kang for the big bad throughout, well, I don't. Would it make sense to have him be the standalone like, like person in like this movie? That's my only. That's my only like thing to that. Yeah, no, because they, they can be they can be leading up to it because you you didn't get Thanos was the big bad for the last phase and you didn't see anything about him until Infinity War. Well, really, he wasn't in the Gardens of Galaxy Volume One. Yeah, but yeah. still, you he wasn't in the first he wasn't in the first like ten movies of the phase. I so agree if they're if they're one. if they're leading up if they're leading up to Kang, then maybe there's there's get because we've seen looking back because obviously you you notice things when you look back but they hinted at stuff throughout the movies that you didn't realize until the next movie comes out so maybe they are leading up to Kang but we don't realize it because we don't know what we're looking for yet. That's fair. I mean, like we didn't notice. The Captain America shield shields in the Hulk until people went back and looked at the Hulk and saw the Captain America shield, or Iron Man two, or Iron Man two. Like it, like these things didn't all happen in the first movie. It's it's a bunch of little events leading up to the big event. So I think I think we're gonna get Sinister Six in the first movie, and that's just leading up into a bigger bad. But don't you think, to the Sinister Six point, um, first off, 
with all these guys coming back and like these characters being re- like reportrayed by the same actors, that's establishing that these are the same people that were they were in their films. So to that point, right. that means that they and all these guys are dead in their films. Like, but here's the thing: is, is oh. you open the multiverse, what's to say there's not another? Very similar incarnation that's not specifically the one we saw, and these ones survived. Remember, there's infinite hurt realities, hundreds yes. of thousands. All, of all the different. Well, that's the whole. That's the whole thing is the multiverse, and that's what this whole. I think that's what this whole. Ver, uh, this whole phase is going to revolve around is the multiverse with with Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch and all that stuff. So I th- I think that's I think it's going to be the introductory to the multiverse and how everything is going to intertwine and everything like that. And that's why they're using Spider Man is because they're bringing in Alfred Molina as uh, Doctor Octopus. They're bringing in uh, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. They're bringing in. Um, uh, Jamie Foxx as um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shockwave? Electro. 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 Um, and then uh, what's his name as the Sandman? Uh, because they're all from different movies. They're all from different times. So I think that's why they want to do that is to show that Somebody Anybody can show up at any so, time. Somebody's pulling these guys in from different universes and it's it's going to be the multiverse. But if you, my, so my last, last thing on it for me, because I, I hear what you're saying and it makes sense, but in a, in, a, in a literal sense, you can't do the Sinister Six and Clark, we, we totally lost the last thing you just said. Yeah, yeah, Clark, uh, you're can going you through the tunnel right now. Can you hear me now? So start, start right, back yeah. from the yeah, top. You're good now. <laughs> this is I'm the last sorry. thing you'll say. My thing my thing is that you're not going to do a Sinister Six movie without Venom. And Venom is not, Tom Hardy's Venom is not going to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, what about the idea of Spider-Man exists technically in both realities at this point? Because the, cause he's going to appear in Probably let there be carnage. That's I think he's going to be, have at least some sort of cameo and let there be carnage. And like, I think what that would probably be the, the post-credit inter- scene is carnage. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is, is that I don't think that you're going to do a Sinister Six in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think that's going to be a specific Sony movie, Sinister Six, not under the Marvel Cinematic Universe, just like the Venom movies have been. That's just my I, opinion. I, I, could see, I could see that. I could, I could see where you're, where you're going with that. But I, I, I'm. You also had, again, in the, uh, the Infinity Saga, you had the Children of Thanos, which is a whole big thing. But they were just there in the movies. So I'm not saying like it's going to be Sinister Six the movie. I'm just saying I think they're just going to be there as the villains. Is the Sinister Six. I'm saying I think you could do a Sinister Six movie, personally. Yeah. I think you could do, like... Oh, I, like, I definitely think that. Yeah, for sure. Like, that's all I got on that, boys. Like, I know we talked a lot about that. Like, I have a lot of strong opinions, so... <laughs> it's all really good stuff. Kyle, you didn't really have much to chime in. Do you have anything else? Um, so I'm just kind of looking into the future as to what's coming out for Marvel in Phase 4, um, especially, like, chronologically, like, Shang-Chi coming out in 10 rings 
uh, Eternals November 5th, which comes out before Spider-Man. Spider-Man comes out December 17th. Uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Um, so it's possible that um, the theory of Kang coming to be like the evil Doctor Strange and pulling all the multiverses together and then we have to get the real Doctor Strange back is, is a thing. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, uh, the Marvels. So like, uh, I don't know if it's going to be a lot of jumping around chronologically like when you know how like we try to piece the movies together and we say like if you watch them in the correct order like you don't watch them in the chronological order that they came out in does you know does that make sense you know what i'm saying the timeline of the movies yeah, yeah like yeah. you try to watch it in the timeline fashion of it so this way like it all makes sense but we're not going to get it i don't think in the timeline order so um i think it's still gonna be very confusing i do think though after we get um spider-man release and we get to watch it and hopefully we all get to watch it immediately so we can talk about it right after that um because i you know we hate spoilers so we don't want to like say something that you know somebody we we itch to talk about this stuff so i i think after we get that i think the previous three spider-man movies that have all the characters that have because like it's it's like a, it's like CM Punk being introduced but not introduced into AEW. Like we know that Tobey Maguire is going to be in freaking Spider Man, right? So like when they all come together, like does all the the last movies of Spider Man tie together to be part of this this multiverse of Spider Man? Um, and I, I'm just excited for I'm excited for Marvel movies in general, but I just think they're presented better. I just think that we're going to have like better tie-ins and we're going to have it all make sense. You know what I mean? Like, so like for me, I'm just looking over while you guys were talking, like the, the chronological movie order and seeing like where I'll be in, let's see, Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania, February 17th, 2023. Like does all the, does the next movies that have been announced make sense to me in my mind for what my theory may be that Kang is like the actual new big bad villain or like, does it make more sense that they can insert or push back or swap around movies, you know? Yeah, yeah. So a, a lot of excitement coming our way in the uh, Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. Sure. I mean, they kind of played around with uh, different universes and everything like that back in the Infinity Saga with um, the the time travel, getting the stones and everything like that with uh, the Ancient One and everything like that. So. It's not entirely new, but it still feels new, and that makes it feel fresh, and that's what's really exciting about it. For for sure, I'm I'm just saying that um, it's it's something that they've talked about, so it's it's not like they're coming out of nowhere with this. Is what I'm saying. It's like it it is new, it is fresh, but it's also something they've already established in previous movies. And if you're and if you're a big fan of comic books, like. The multiverse is very common. Uh, yes, it's very much a part of most of the storylines. Is all it's the, um it's a very big it's a very big MacGuffin in a lot of the comics. MacGuffin. Exactly. Have, you, have. have you been waiting to use that word? <laughs> Not really. I, I it just came to me as we were talking about it. Did you make it up? I got no. It. A MacGuffin is um is uh, something that like oh, it's, it's something, right? It's used to. <laughs> I, I I know. Are using what... your MacGuffin words? You. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it sounds pretty hot. So, um, to, to everybody out there, I'll take listen, MacGuffin. 
Thank you. We appreciate everybody that listens to this podcast. Everybody that comes on to the podcast, we appreciate everybody's help. As always, like I do, I thank everybody for listening and watching my streams coming on to this. This is the Hags Hangout podcast. Uh, we try to do this every Wednesday night. Everybody's welcome to listen in on the live recording or listen on Spotify, which John has been a pleasure of taking care of and editing together. Uh, catch me on twitch.tv backslash Kyle underscore Hags. John, you have anything that you want to say? Promote? Uh... It's uh, the best time of year for beer, and uh, Oktoberfest is here. Look up, check your local liquor store for three threes beer stifle, uh, or even maybe come on down to the brewery, get some bougie bubbles hard seltzer. Hamilton, New Jersey, bougie bubbles. That stuff's actually really good, and I don't even drink, boys. Timmy, you got anything you want to plug, promote? Uh, nothing at this time. I just got new cards for Magic, so that's fun. What'd you get? A uh, bunch of lands. Wow, it's lands. Yeah. Plug, you got anything? Uh, yeah, actually, I do. If you, if anybody out there is interested in sports betting, anything like that, any sports gambling wise, you can follow me on the Action app at X C L A R K one four X. It's X Clark fourteen X. Um, I'm posting picks there every day. Specifically, right now, we're a lot into baseball. That uh, football's kicking off soon. I'm really I'm a, I'm pretty good with basketball. We're up about uh, ten to fifteen units in the last three weeks or so. So. I give picks out every day. I tweet them out occasionally. I'm not perfect, but like, it's definitely like I I feel like I do pretty well. So I don't, you guys bet, wanna, like, I don't bet a lot of money, but I have bet on what Clark's props have been, and um, I'm actually up ten bucks on what he's picked. So it's not a bad idea to follow somebody who pays so close attention to not only betting but sports in general. So he's 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 got a good got a good eye for it, and he definitely knows what he's doing when he's picking his. His lines are adjusting them to make it so that you guys can win your bets too. X Clark fourteen X, right? You said. There, yeah. Same thing on Twitter too. Remember, guys, if you only bet what you can afford to lose, gamble responsibly. Like, don't do anything stupid out there. Like, we're all just trying to have fun, throw a few bucks on the game. Nothing to. We're not trying to like break the bank here. Yep. Uh, boys, I appreciate your help so much. You guys make it so much easier for me to be able to do this and to talk to people. Um, if anybody is interested in coming on and talking about any specific topics and give us further insight, we're going to be working on that. I know I have something in the works with somebody else as well. Uh, but I also know that we have um, a show where we want to make it more that friends are talking. And we hope that you guys can get that vibe that like, if we're joking with each other, we don't mean anything seriously and we're cool with each other. And we just want to make sure that we're having fun while doing this. Because what's the point of having a podcast if we feel like we're stiff and that we're on like a news anchor for a TV show, right? Like we want to have fun with it. So, you know, you guys got any comments, questions, concerns, just make sure that you're putting it in our uh, Discord. Uh, it's the Hags Hangout Discord. Um, and you can follow us on any sort of social media that we got. That's all I got for everybody today. Everybody, thank you so much. Thanks to my boys that are in this chat and everybody else. We will see you next Wednesday.